0: all right so um there's that i'm I'll tell some stories today also about my mom uh and uh just the wonderful child that I was as um I <laughs> was growing up <laughs> uh I think um the Lord definitely used her or used me to um to grow her mature her and uh and really to test her patience, <sighs> yeah. But uh, t- this morning we're going to celebrate mothers who I, I do and I have prepared, put together um, a message out of 1 Samuel chapter 1 and a little bit into chapter 2. So please turn in your Bibles with me there. Uh, this is the story of a godly mother. And this is Hannah. We're going to learn about her. And uh, just know, though, that with the story of Hannah, we, uh, don't, don't tune out. If you're not a mom, grandmother, great-grandmother, uh, mother-to-be... Um, just know that, that this is applicable to each and every one of us. Um, this, this story of a godly mother, we can also glean a lot from as far as it being a story of just a godly person. And so again, we can benefit from it. So Hannah. But before we do, I do want to ask, uh, before we forget, afterwards we are going to have some, some, uh, some great food, some snacks, uh, good fellowship. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to bless the food beforehand. Otherwise, I may forget at the very end, right? And that's just sometimes the way it happens. Um, but I also want to ask the moms, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, mothers-to-be, if you're right now, uh, you know, caring, mothers, please stand up. We'd like to pray for you. This day is a, a day that is set apart for you. And mothers, you are truly special. And uh, we're going to talk about that. But let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh, mothers are absolutely wonderful. And you have designed them to be caring, loving, nurturing. Lord, sometimes to the point to where it hurts. It it, it hurts them to see children go through what they go through and to experience certain things and And yet, Lord, through it, they're simply expressing a love that you first demonstrated to us. And so I ask, Lord, that you would crown them with wisdom. Lord, may they continue to put their hands to the work that you have set for them to accomplish. That they would raise their children to know you. To know what it is to walk with you. And to bless and glorify you. I ask, Lord, that you would give them strength. That you would fill them with your spirit. And, Lord, that you would use them continually in mighty ways to bring you glory. And so, we thank you for them. We love them. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, the story of a godly mother. Hannah. There's nothing like a mother. They are very special. Mothers uh, well, mothers would like to drink a Coke without having floaties in it, right? <laughs> don't, don't raise your hands, but there are those mothers that, that have no problem drinking water and Cokes or anything else with floaties in them. May God bless you. I don't know how you do it uh, I remember um, my my daughter in law she um <laughs> the wife of my oldest uh, our oldest uh I remember sitting there and the uh, their son had drank some of her water and so I warned her right because I saw some little things in there and I said, oh um Caleb drank out of that and uh, there just to let you know there's some Things in there. And she goes, Oh, no problem. She took and swallowed it. And I was like, God. (laughs) Right? (sighs) Mothers know that dried Play Doh doesn't come out of shag carpet. Do we we have any shag carpet still? Yeah. For that reason, yeah. Oh, man. Mothers sometimes ask, you know, or maybe often, You know, there are moments when moms ask, why me? And it's awesome when they get this little answer from this little voice that says, because I love you best. As a child, when you're four, you think, my mom can do anything. When you're 12, you think, mom doesn't know everything. When you're 15, you think, mom doesn't know anything. When you're 18, you think, mom doesn't know anything about the times in which we live in. When you're 25, you think, well, mom may know a few things. When you're 35, you think, before we decide, let's get mom's opinion. When you're 45, you think, I wonder what my mom would say about this. And when you're 65, you think, I wish I could talk to my mom just one more time. And isn't that true? I mean, as you go along, I remember when, you know, you go along, you're five years old, yeah, your mom can do anything and everything. And somehow, when you're 13, you've got it all figured out. 15, oh, you've got the world by its tail. And and it's true, as you go along, you start realizing that perhaps mom didn't know a few things. And then you start picking up the phone and in reaching out to mom and asking for her opinion you know what a blessing that is though i know for a father to ask my have my opinion asked of for a mother to have her opinion asked of or for is something very special it's truly a blessing but kids are awesome they are gifts from the lord but it's also impossible for kids not to cause problems. <laughs> for moms, you know that to be true. I mean, we were just talking yesterday about uh, our son, Christopher. So my my brother takes Christopher um, to the San Diego Wild Animal Park. And uh, he thought it was funny to uh, hide from my brother. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, have you ever lost your son or daughter, moms, that you would admit? Yeah, okay. We have one brave soul up here who admits, yeah, it was on purpose. You go that way, I'll go this way. Hide and seek. No. No, it's just that moment, you know, to where, like, you feel like the, the, the world has come to an end, right? And, uh, and so my brother didn't know. He was, he was saying yesterday, I don't know what I'm going to tell But Tina, I I lost Christopher. And uh, anyway, he was the one that was playing games. So he he knew where my brother was the whole time as he was watching him from like in between people. And finally, their eyes locked. And um, my brother spanked his nephew for the first time at that point in the middle of the zoo. (laughs) But moms, you care so much. That's why you will always be concerned about the lives of your children and how things are going. You see, God has designed you in that way, with caring hearts and caring souls. A mother leaves a deep and meaningful impression on a child. And so remember this. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Being mom is a tough job, isn't it? It's very tough, but it's the most rewarding job that you'll ever have. This morning, in honor of all the moms here today, we are going to look at a woman who is a model of motherhood and learn from her in how moms can be godly moms. I think we can all uh, agree that we can we can use a little bit more help in that area, right? To be learn how it is to be more godly, and so. For us this morning, we're going to see the model of a woman who was very godly, seeking after the glory and honor of the Lord above all. So again, turn with me if you haven't already to 1 Samuel chapter 1. This morning, we'll see how a godly mom will face problems, number one. Number two, prays often. Number three, trusts God's provision. And number four, keeps promises. And fifthly, she praises the Lord. This is a great example of a godly woman. Also, this is something that is applicable to each one of us, as I've said. Mother or father, single or married, male or female. Because ultimately, this is about how we can be godly people. So we can glean a lot from the life of Hannah that we're going to study. So let's pray and we'll get into our study. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for these examples throughout the Bible. I ask, Lord, that you would help us to understand, help us to see what we are to see this morning and apply in a manner that is fitting and glorifying to you. So bless our time together as we open up your word and take a look at 1 Samuel chapter 1 in the life of Hannah and Samuel. We ask your blessing and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's take a look, first of all, how, uh, here, here's the fact of the matter, a godly mother faces problems. You will face problems, it's just, it's not if, it's when. So, First Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 says, There was a certain man of Sophim of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jerome, the son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Saph, an Ephrathite, who had two wives, the name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penina and Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from the, his city to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah s- sacrificed, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And so, so we see even with those short eight verses and through that, that a godly mother, even her prior to being a, a mother, faced problems. And too often people think, if I have problems in my life, I must not be living in a godly way and I must be a bad person. I just went through um, the whole book of Job and I'm reminded of how it is that we can sometimes formulate those ideas in our own minds, how it is that if we're going through problems, perhaps it's because you're in sin or because something is going, you've, you've done something wrong, right? And that's not always the case. That's not always the case. John sixteen thirty three, Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 12 says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. And so I believe the Lord has prepared us very well to confront persecution, to deal with difficult circumstances in a way that is fitting for the child of God who has great hope and can find strength in the Lord. Throughout the Bible, we see people who are striving to live for God, who face problems. Here are some examples, and these are just a few. There's Joseph, who was sold into slavery. We see Moses who was used by God to deliver the Israelites from under Egyptian oppression and slavery. He led two million out from under Egypt and into the wilderness. We see Joshua that led them into the promised land. Esther, Daniel, and what do we say about Job? And There are many more, but this morning we're going to take a look at Hannah. And as we read, we learned that Hannah had this husband, Elkanah. He had two wives, and his uh, other wife had children. Verse 2 tells us that Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And so she was barren. She was without child. And Hannah faced ridicule for this year after year. As we read in verses 6 and 7, it says, And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her. So it was on purpose because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. She was grieved. She was sad. She was troubled. Her heart was overwhelmed. You ever felt that way about anything? Anything? You know the Lord is with you, even in those times. In fact, um, there was a um, a patient that had come back, uh, a young man. He had been in I, the ICU, and he came back to thank the the medical staff that had tended to him. And he said, "You know, it was it was kind of like this this awful blessing, if if I could describe it that way." He said, "Because I know the circumstances that I was in weren't great. In fact, he was in a coma." But the time that I spent with the Lord was priceless. He says, I've never felt the presence of the Lord nor His nearness greater than I did at that time. You see, God is faithful. And even in those times, in times of trouble, He is there. He's, He's near the brokenhearted. A broken and contrite heart. Oh God, these you will not despise is what the Word tells us. That's wonderful. And this young man had come back to simply thank the staff. And he knew this very thing, God's faithfulness and how it is that he's, he's near, he's even closer, you know his presence, he's there, he's carrying you at times. And this was the case with Hannah. At the same time, as she was feeling perhaps inadequate, depressed, she probably asked God, as anyone else would ask, why? Right? Isn't that a... A common question, why? Lord, what are you doing here? What's my purpose in life? Do you ever ask the Lord why or what the purpose of your circumstances are? Again, it's a common question, and it's not something that we should condemn. It's something that we should allow the Lord to work through. You know, when someone asks why, it's like, well, you shouldn't be asking why. Sure, you should be asking why. Don't you want the answer to that? Because the Lord meets you right there. He knows exactly what's going on with you. He wants to be your comfort. He he wants to uphold you. He wants to be the lifter of your head. He wants you to know that he's alongside you. And he wants you to know that you are standing on solid rock when you're standing in his truth. He he wants you to know all of that. And so ask away, but make sure that you're sincere and genuine. Not blaming him, but truly seeking the answers to these questions. Remember that being a godly mom or a godly person does not mean that you are not going to have problems. We just read, we were warned, the Lord tells us in this world, you will deal with problems. But don't lose heart. Because in Christ... He has overcome and in him we have overcome too. You are going to face problems, but you need to know that you don't face them alone. There is a purpose to them and just because you face problems does not mean that you are not loved by God. But what you do in moments when you're faced with problems is what's important. Your response to that is what's important. So secondly, God, godly mother prays, and that's exactly what Hannah did. Verse 9, as we continue. After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. And the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. The first thing you need to do when you find yourself in a difficult situation is to take your eyes off yourself. I know that's difficult to do, but you find yourself in a hard spot. Keep this in mind. If, if you forget everything else, because what this will do is this will cause you conscientiously... To take your eyes off of your circumstances, cause you to take your eyes off of yourself and put them somewhere else. And they shouldn't be in anyone else but the Lord. Because He is faithful. He can help us through. Hannah was pouring out her soul to the Lord. She had some real problems that were causing her pain and anguish. Vexation is how they were described. Anxiety is is what... We see here in the word. But instead of giving up, she looked up. She looked up to God in prayer. Know that difficult circumstances teach us to persevere and help us to mature and to rely on God. James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete. Lacking nothing. When Paul had his thorn in the flesh. And he pleaded with the Lord to take it it from him. God would not take it away from him. Because it was there to help Paul continue to rely on him. We must always remember that. If there's something that perhaps is like a thorn in our flesh, and we plead with the Lord to take it away, He doesn't take it away all the time. But it's there to cause us to rely on Him that much more, and also consider our weakness before a holy and righteous and all-powerful God. It was there to help Paul continue to rely on Him. The sufficiency of Jesus Christ in his life is what... The Lord wanted him to acknowledge and to know. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Oh, it's in our weakness. It's in those times when we are, just, we, we are without strength. It's, we can't go anywhere else. We don't have anything else. That we ought to realize that the Lord is with us right there. And he's always offering a hand. He's always offering an embrace. He's always offering a word of wisdom to get us through those situations that we would be blessed. And here's the thing. We're blessed and He's honored and glorified if we walk that out side by side with Him. And sometimes allowing Him to simply just carry us. We don't have the strength to even take one more step. Just carry me, Lord. Christ's... Power in our lives is made perfect in our weaknesses. I'd rather glory in Him than anything that I can offer which is nothing at all in comparison to Him. And it's not until we face problems or we're faced with problems that our weaknesses are exposed. You know, in good times, our, our weaknesses perhaps, they may be obvious to some, but not to us. But it's in those times of weakness that our uh, you know in problems, difficulties, uh, all of that, that, that our weaknesses come to the surface, and we see them for what they are. At least we hope that that 's what happens, and then we're, we can repent. We can turn from them and just give them to the Lord. In areas where our weakness is exposed, we are to turn to Christ and allow him to be our strength. Hannah 's at the end of herself, she cries out to God in her weakness, something very valuable we need to learn to do. Because some of you here today may be facing very difficult issues, circumstances. God knows them. God knows all the details. Go to God with your problems. God desires to help you through them. Pray for God to change things. He can and does. But listen to this. Pray for God to change you. Because He can. He does. And He desires to do that. And so... We see here this godly woman, this woman that went to the Lord, prayed, sought him. She didn't turn away from God in her problems, but she turned to God with her problems. Eli mistaken her, uh, mistook for her for a drunken woman. She was, she was crying out to the Lord in such a way that perhaps she could have been mistaken for being drunken like you're just out of your mind. But at the same time, she wasn't. She was in her right mind. She was seeking the Lord. She was crying out to him in her anxiety and vexation. Submitting everything to the Lord, for he cares. God desires that we express how we truly feel in that we ask for his help genuinely. And that's what Hannah did. She was doing, as we read through and that's what each and every one of us should do. We need to be praying in and through everything, committing everything to the Lord, communicating with God. And so godly mom will have problems, but a godly mom also prays and seeks the Lord. Thirdly, a godly mother trusts God, God's provision. As we saw and we read a portion of it, but verse 17 says, Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Verse 19, They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel. For she said, I have asked for him from the Lord godly mother will face problems, she prays, but she also trusts in God's provision. Now, I do want to point out that God did bless Hannah and provided her with a child. And yes, God can and oftentimes does change our circumstances as part of His provision. But sometimes, as we learn with Paul... He doesn't change our circumstances, but he still provides for us. Remember Paul's thorn in the flesh. Second Corinthians 12:9 says, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness." You see, with God, with, with, uh, with God in, in Paul pleading with him, uh, Paul's thorn wasn't taken away, and yet he still provided for him through his grace. Now check out, one more time with me, verse 18. This is before she became pregnant. She was with child. Verse 18, we read, it says, uh, and, And she said, in response to Eli, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. I love that because by just the word that was spoken... Something was given to Hannah that could never be taken away. And that was peace. As we trust in Jesus for salvation and grow in that relationship and pour our hearts out to the Lord in anguish, God cares for us and provides for us through the peace that only He can provide. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And you all know it very well because I say it often. I I repeat it to myself often. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, or through Christ Jesus. You see, God's provision of peace does not change our circumstances, but God's provision of peace changes us. Have you ever been faced with difficult circumstances and you go to the Lord, you seek Him, you cry out to Him, you lay your heart out before Him. Before you get up, you're like the psalmist. You're singing His praises because you realize that He is sufficient. He's enough. What else can I ask for? He's given me everything. Godliness with contentment is great gain. We still may not understand everything, But then we realize we don't need to. Why? Because we simply trust in the Lord. And He is our sufficiency. Instead, we know everything that we need to know. That God cares for us and He's working out His will in our life. And that is the best place to be. When we're content in that, that no matter where we're at, we're okay. The Lord is with us all the way through. Possessing the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. That is the most precious thing that we can receive. How many people do you know around you that have any peace at all? I I look around me at the world that we live in, and there's hardly any peace whatsoever. We're always trying to impress someone else to be in their good graces. There are so many problems today because of that. There's no peace. Everyone's trying to Get the upper hand on someone else. Bringing other people down in order to lift yourself up. Now, possessing the peace of God, this peace that surpasses all understanding, that's the most precious thing that you can have this side of heaven. Why? Because if you have that peace, it means that you know God. If you have that peace, it means that you know forgiveness, you know God's grace, you know His mercy. You know salvation in Jesus Christ. Because no matter what you're faced with, no matter what circumstances come your way, you can rest in that. You can always stand in that peace because you have the assurance of being in His glory for all eternity in Christ. What an incredible God that we have who provides for us so abundantly, even above and beyond our salvation. Paul learned this in Philippians four eleven through 13 he writes, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And as I had quoted earlier, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Now, Beyond that, we recognize that God has a desire to bless us as well. As we read in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? He desires to bless us. You know, sometimes we, like, okay, we'll, we'll go without. And, no, no, no. God also wants to bless us, to come alongside and entrust us with um, certain things people Uh, ministry, uh, you know, in in order, it's a blessing to us, it's it's glorifying to Him. So He does that. We can trust Him to provide what we want, when it will be beneficial to us, and if it will be beneficial to us, and that's all to glorify Him. But what is important is that we can trust God to provide peace for us always, even when our circumstances do not change. Are you okay? Sometimes we pray and we ask the Lord to change certain things in our lives. And are you okay if he doesn't? We should be. Maybe that's just not the direction you're supposed to be going in. Go a different direction. We should be okay with whatever it is that he has before us. Humbly submitting, surrendering to his lordship in our lives. His his governance. Trust Him. Remember, God wants us to change through situations. And so being a godly mom means trusting in God's provision. And so a godly mom will face problems. She will pray. She will trust in God's provision. And fourthly, a godly mother keeps her promises. Verse 21, as we continue... Says the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and pay his vow, but Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him, so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh, and the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli, and she said, O my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who is standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. He is lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. A godly mother keeps her promises. Remember back in verse 11, she made a vow saying that if she had a son, if, if the Lord would give her a son, she would give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. She said that. And Hannah kept her promise that she made to the Lord. Solomon said, Solomon said, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay for it, for He has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Ecclesiastes four, five, verses four and five. We glorify the Lord when we keep our word, even, even when it hurts. In fact, I believe that it's at that time that we realize that it's truly a sacrifice. This is something worthy of giving to the Lord. Because as He has honored that, so we are to honor our word to the Lord. Psalm 15, verses 1 and 4 says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Man, it's tough sometimes. You say something, you've promised Sometimes you realize, oh my, what I have promised I must now follow through with and give. And, and really, listen to this. God loves a cheerful giver, a joyful giver. The, the, the more we realize that it's a blessing, it's more of a blessing. You know, it's greater to give than to receive. That We realize that what we give pales in comparison to what's already been given to us by the Father. He's given us His Son. He's given us eternal life. He's forgiven us of our sins. He's, he's, um, he's delivered us from condemnation. That's what He's done already. And so what we give in response is, is simply our reasonable service. It's our spiritual worship. The goal of every Christian mother should be to raise your children to trust in the Lord and serve Him. That should be just the basic goal of every Christian mother. This is the ultimate goal of Christian parenting. Hannah did the thing that would be best for her son in the long run, even though it was painful for her in the short run. I, I, I couldn't imagine. Here's my son, weaned. I'd promised him to the Lord. Lord, he's all yours. I commit him to your service. Eli, raise him up. Teach them how to serve you. That's one of the things that, you know, as I've talked to um, other brothers here in the church, and one thing that I've truly been blessed by is how it is that, um, you know, I, I love bringing my boys to church, and uh, I love when they're, they're asked to serve. You know, you older men, when, when you come alongside my boys... you have no idea what that means. Because you're teaching them to do the very thing that Eli was teaching young Samuel. You're teaching them to serve. You're teaching them to sacrifice unto to the Lord and love on him and worship him. And that is the best thing that as moms and dads that we can see. Our boys learning to serve and worship the Lord. I have... Nothing greater that I desire than for that to happen. And so Hannah, she kept her word. She kept her promise. And she brought young Samuel. And so finally, when we are living godly lives, as we experience problems, we pray and we acknowledge the Lord's provision and we keep our promises. We also find a godly mother praises the Lord. First Samuel chapter two, verses one and two, and we'll just go into that because she praises the Lord all the way through. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord, my horn is exalted in the Lord, my mouth derides my enemies, because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Oh, what praises she's singing to the Lord all honor and all praise and all glory be to you. Hannah praises the Lord because she knew that God had blessed her and that Samuel was blessed of the Lord. Remember that that his father asked only, may his words be established before the Lord, by the Lord. May our words be established by the Lord. May we pray that over our boys, over our girls, our children. May God establish the words of our children. May his words sink deep into their heart. And may they bless the Lord with the uh, things that come out of their heart and out of their mouth. Hannah was singing God's praises. She knew that she was blessed, and her, her son Samuel was was blessed. She knew he was completely in God's hands, the hands of the one that she could completely trust, that had drawn her close, that heard her in her distress that provided for her and that had blessed her beyond belief, beyond imagination. And Hannah went on to praise God for the rest of these these verses here, these ten verses. And it's an encouragement to us in understanding God's character. This was the God she could trust with her most valuable earthly possession, even her son. Her one son. Her one son. Into your hands I commit, my son. He's all yours. First Samuel 2.11, says, Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, and the boy was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli the priest. As we look back as parents, moms, as you look back, this is the very picture that you should desire to, desire to see. You look back and your sons and daughters are doing this very same thing. They too are ministering to the Lord, learning to serve him, worship him. Samuel went on to minister to be used by God in some amazing ways. This is the God Hannah trusted. He was faithful. And this is also the God you can trust. This is the God who wants to draw you close and will listen to you in your distress and give you peace and bless you and he will make his face to shine upon you. This is the God who desires to do all of that and much more as you continue to draw near him, he will reveal himself to you in ways that were beyond your imagination. You, know, you cannot sound the depths of God in your life. For the rest of your life and until we are home with Him, we will forever be learning and understanding just how much He loves us and how He cares for us, how He provides for us, and how He is our strength and how He is our hope. No matter what circumstance you are facing today, just know this you don't have to face it alone because you're not. God is always with you. Remember in life, when you face problems, not if, but when you face problems, pray. Get your eyes off of yourself, off of your circumstances. That's, that's step number one, all right? Number two, place them squarely on the Lord and pray. Trust in God's provision. Keep your promises to him. Be honoring to him. And sing his praises. For Hannah. And I I was thinking of uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother. Lois and Eunice. They had had this one thing. And there are others. Perhaps all of you mothers who are in here. Can repeat the words that the Apostle John jotted down. By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In his third letter third john 1 4 it's one of my favorite verses and one that i always pray for for my boys i have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth to hear this is not i mean you you can you can perhaps see it but but to hear when you hear of that in the congregation truly there's no greater joy there's no greater joy And let me ask you this in closing. Moms, you are very special. My mom has made a a huge impact in my life. And I'm forever grateful to her for that. In fact, um, she was here last Sunday and um, I'm going to go pick her up and bring her back to the house here this coming week. But she's made a, a huge impact on my life. As Christians, do you desire that your children walk in the truth? If the answer is yes, then I, I, would, I would ask you, commit once more to the Lord. Ask Him for His wisdom. Ask that He would pour His Spirit out upon you. That you may have the strength, the wisdom, the discernment, Um, the patience to raise your children up in the ways of the Lord, that they too, like, like Samuel, as you look back, you would see the same picture of serving the Lord, of walking with Him, and others being blessed because of it. I pray for all of us here this morning that we would be deeply impressed with the very Word of God. That we would understand that a relationship with the Father can only come through the Son. That I, I, I don't want to leave this morning without, I, I don't want to assume that everyone here knows a relationship with the Father. I, I want to make sure that you understand that this love that was first demonstrated to us, we are able to then respond with that love toward Him in serving Him and and blessing them with, with our lives and surrender to them. If you don't know forgiveness of your sins, I remember years ago how it was that I realized that that that's the one thing, the most important thing that I could take care of while I was here on earth. Otherwise, I'd be in eternal condemnation. I would, I would still be in my sin. And the moment I realized that, for me and for any of you, It was Jesus Christ who made it possible for us to be made right before the Father. He died for our sins. You see, our sins keep us from the Father. But Jesus went to the cross, paid for our sins, and in Him we have victory over our sin. And as He resurrected from the grave, we have also victory over the grave in Him. And He gives us, when we surrender our lives to Him, He gives us a new heart, a new life, He gives us new desires. And I am living testimony of God's grace in my own life. And, and, I, and I pray and I hope this morning that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning, that, that this morning you surrender your life to him because I know for a mother who's walking with the Lord, there is no greater joy than to know that our children are completely surrendered to the Lord. And they also know forgiveness of sins and eternal life, the hope of eternal life with the Father. So I'm going to pray for us, and if that's you, or this morning is a time of recommitting your life to the Lord, that you do that very thing, don't waste time, don't do it, and don't do it. The the, the love of the Father is perfect and pure, and he extends it to you through his Son. I would hope that you would receive that gift of eternal life and forgiveness of sins by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning, the example of Hannah, Lord, this was a woman who completely trusted in you. Lord, she she wasn't wasting her time. She wasn't going to just this object of her imagination. She went to the one true living God, the creator of the universe. To ask, and so she received. And so she followed through with her promise and gave unto you her son, committing him into your care that he may serve you all the days of his life, and he did. I pray that we would know that relationship with you, that we would know that you can be trusted fully, that you are faithful. And that you love us with an everlasting love. And if there is anyone here who does not know salvation, who does not know forgiveness of sins, I pray that right now, this morning, this very moment would be the day of salvation. That they would know the hope of heaven by trusting in you and surrendering their hearts to you. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen them and each and every one of us in you pour out your spirit out upon us your word tells us if we draw near to you you will draw near to us and so i pray that you would give us your strength your wisdom and lord help us to walk these lives out in a manner that's honoring and glorifying to you we commit the rest of this day into your hands father and we pray this in jesus name